Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's Friday, August 27th. This is AGP. Let's get it. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. Another great Friday. We're getting some rain, though, today, which is good. We need it because my lawn looks like it's... Uh, some part of California forest fire right now with the uh, lack of rain that we've had. Anyway, so I'm trying to figure out anybody who's anybody who has listened to this show or um, if you haven't listened to this show, you know that you probably know what the topic's going to be tonight. If you've listened before, you may be surprised if you've never listened to the, to the show before that this is what we we talk about and discuss and and here's the thing so we, we we love to talk about everything the problem is is the one thing that's dominated the media and rightfully so in this case are the actions of our president and his current i don't even i, I hate even calling him an administration because I'm not really convinced that any of them have a fucking clue what they're doing right now. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, and because there's really not another word for it, yes, the current administration, but this is a top-down thing. Twelve Marines and one Navy hospital corpsman dead in Kabul at the airport. Let me say it again. 12 Marines and one Navy corpsman dead at Kabul airport. Why? I'm almost at a loss for words that these brave Marines and sailor had to die the way they, they died. It's one thing when we're in the middle of conflict and we're, we're actually in the middle of a war where a battle is being raged. You expect anybody who served, uh, you know, on a land unit with a land unit understands that there's going to be casualties. That's, you know, that going in. What you don't expect and what our Marines, sailors, airmen, and soldiers should never have to expect is that they're going to be put in a position where it's going to be one-sided. <coughs> Excuse me. Where it's going to be one-sided. Where they're not going to have the opportunity to take actions that they need to take to ensure that they're safe. But that's not what we got right now. What we got right now is we have approximately six, somewhere between six and 7,000 troops, 82nd Airborne, 10th Mountain, Marines, uh, the, the sailors that are there in support of the Marines or, or the Army. 
what we have right now is a situation where they're basically being asked to sit there and do nothing. We send meat eaters, the number one group of meat eaters in our population, the United States Marine Corps, you don't send them to sit on their asses in an airport and just wait for some shit to happen. You send those guys in when the the give a shit meter is pegged and you need some stuff taken care of. That's when you send them. You don't send them to sit on an airfield and twiddle their thumbs and, and wait for the enemy to attack you. Because that's exactly what's happened. I, I've reached out to a couple of different agencies and asked them for a copy of the ROE. That's Rules of Engagement for anybody who doesn't know. For the ROE for our troops that are at Kabul Airport. Of course, now, granted, I, I've asked government agencies, so um, the, the expectation is never that you're going to get an answer or get anything within uh, a normal amount of time. Surprisingly enough, a lot of times they're still using COVID as an excuse, but whatever. But I've asked for the I've asked for the rules of engagement that our troops that are there at Kabul Airport are expected to operate under right now. I'm not going to be surprised with if I get a response. I'm not going to be surprised. with how jacked up I'm assuming the ROE for them is. Here's why I say that. Early days, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, we had one set of ROE. Basically, you know, that's back with the, the search and destroy uh, days. Obama got elected and at some point shortly after, I would say probably maybe a year into his first term, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, I don't know. But early on in his first term, he changed the ROE. I know for sure in 2007, the ROE had changed from what it was in 04. So... The ROE became, instead of go out, find the enemy, kill the enemy, it became much more go out, search for the enemy. If you find them, but they're not messing with you, you know, basically kind of leave them alone until they mess with you. And then when they mess with you, gloves off, which turned out to be a pretty bad policy. And that was under... President Obama. My suspicion is, my suspicion is that under Biden, they're even worse. First of all, what genius thought that it was a great idea to have the Taliban do the first line of security outside of the airfield? 
these same people that are on television every day screaming death to America. And you're putting them in charge of the outer perimeter security. Searching for bombs, searching for guns, searching for IEDs, VBIDs, all these things. You're putting them in charge of that evolution. So what happens, right? They go through that that ECP entry control point or or you know whatever. They come through that uh, apparently, you know, you know searched or whatever by the Taliban. And then they come right into the inner entry point where the U.S. soldiers, sailors, Marines are. And you expect that the, the Taliban has done such a wonderful job and they're so trustworthy that something like this isn't going to happen. It just boggles my mind that the leadership at the, the very top leadership of not only our political leadership i'm talking about our military leadership how the hell do you let that happen i mean we used to get i was at uh camp liberty in iraq in 07 i think and even rec recp got bombed almost like clockwork like tuesday morning at eight o'clock every week same ecp same time same mo vbid you could you could pretty much set your set your watch by it and after it happened the first time we changed the structure of the entry point and all those things uh and it, it you know they still tried to do it but they the success rate was virtually zero But we also con we also controlled the outer and inner perimeters of our facility. I mean, were we going to call ISIS in Iraq and say, "Hey, you guys are in charge of controlling the perimeter outside of our facility, and we'll just you know you guys you guys search them, and then we'll trust that you no no." What military general officer or even colonel or lieutenant colonel or shit, captain would ever think that that's a good idea? But it goes back to the ROE because I can promise you this administration is so fucking scared to do anything that they think is going to upset the Taliban. Or as Joe likes to say, the Taliban. He's so fucking scared to do anything that he thinks is going to disrupt. You know, he gives us his bullshit about, well, I had to do it because the prior administration. Bullshit. The Taliban has not lived up to one goddamn thing they've ever said that they were going to do. Ever. Point me, point me to something that they've said that they were going to do. 
that was actually done the way it was supposed to be done. Can't do it. It doesn't exist. People who served on the ground over there, either in Iraq or Afghanistan, will tell you that there's about a 10% trust rate with the people from those countries that you deal with. They'll stand there and smile on your face, and then as soon as you turn around, they'll put a bullet in your head. Or detonate themselves. There's almost zero trust. And you can, uh, again, talk to people that have actually been there. Either one of them. Because culturally, they're basically the same. It just boggles my mind. It, bo- it absolutely drives me crazy thinking that somebody thought that this was a good idea. When we come back, folks, we're going to talk about specifically about Joe and and his decision making and his I don't even know what to call it. It's not even really decision making anymore. It's it's just his his lack of interest, really. We'll be right back with that. All right, folks, welcome back. Hey, so I really have to keep my temperament in check when we talk about this, what we're about to talk about. I have to, it's hard because you, you, you really, I really have to maintain control because I'm so angry at the lack, at the lack of give a shit that this administration has shown and is showing about the death deaths of our Marines and our sailor in Afghanistan. I don't know if you all watched Biden's speech after the whole thing happened. He was completely detached from reality at the situation. First, I'm going to say this. A week ago, it was, we're going to get all Americans out of, out of Afghanistan and we're going to get as many of the uh, SIV applicants out as possible. Well, that's changed. Now, as of yesterday, it's, we're going to get out as many Americans as we possibly can And oh, by the way, there's no plan that's been discussed, brought up, talked about anything about what you're going to do after the 31st of August to get any of the other ones out that couldn't make it to the airport. This is the part that this is the part that's infuriating. You have people, American citizens that are on the ground in Afghanistan who are calling congressmen, senators, people of influence in this country saying, I cannot get to the airport. And then you got Jen Psaki who comes on TV and says, well, we've contacted everybody and, and, you know, um, there should be no reason the Taliban has promised us that they can get, they're telling you, they are telling you that they cannot get to the airport. And you're so detached from reality 
that you're not hearing what people are saying. They're, they, they've recorded these phone calls and they've put them on the news. And you're still refusing to believe that they exist. So what does that tell you? They don't give a shit. They don't care. They want to do what they want to do. They want to wrap shit up. They want to fly the fuck out of there on August 31st and call it a day. That's their goal. They have no interest. No interest like other countries like the UK, like France, like Germany, who are all going out to these houses where they know their people are and bringing them to the airport to make sure that they get through. And you know what? They haven't had any problems doing it. I don't understand why we think we're going to have the, a problem. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense other than you don't care. You don't really give a shit. You set a date. You're going to execute that date. Fuck everybody that gets left behind. You don't care. That's the infuriating part. And you've got 7,000 troops, which, oh, by the way, is, I don't know, 6,500 more than any other country there that are doing it. Sitting on their asses at an airport. I've worked with the 10th Mountain Division. Uh, I've worked with the 82nd Airborne. There's no way in hell that you will not convince me that they cannot push that perimeter out from the airport if you tell them to do it. I have 100% confidence in their ability and capabilities, even though the DOD secretary says he doesn't have that capability available to him. Bullshit. You've got two of the best army organizations in place to do exactly that. So it's squarely bullshit. And then President Biden couldn't even, he's having a hard time even facing the crowd. First of all, you know, he, he shows his real strength and power when he walks out and tells everybody that he's been given a list of who to take questions. He's been told, I think, where his exact words. I've been told that these are the people I, sh I need to take questions from. So you're being fucking told? You have to be told who to talk to? Why? Why do you have to be told? You're the president of the United States. If I was the president of the United States, I'd be like, uh, you're not going to fucking tell me who I can and can't ask questions of. I understand why they're doing it because he's absolutely horrible at taking questions he's not prepared for. And I have a sneaking suspicion that most of the questions that are asked are questions that they already have. We know that they have a history. The, the liberal Democrats have a history of making sure that the questions are vetted prior to which is funny because they they obviously vet those better than they vet people coming that they're you know allowing into our country but there's no question that they're vetting these questions before they're asked now he where where biden fucked up was he went off script and every time he goes off script it becomes a nightmare for them and they have to immediately go into damage control because he he cannot answer a random question on the fly.
If he's not prepared for it, he can't answer it. Or the answer that he gives is so incoherent that they have to spend three days trying to explain from other pulpits what the hell he was trying to say. They don't care. They don't care about the 12 Marines and one sailor that were killed this week. They don't care. The sooner you guys start getting that through your head that they don't give a shit about the cost of life that they are causing over there, the the, the sooner we're all going to be start being on the same page. Now, what I will say is that the mainstream media, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC, they're not letting them off the hook. I mean, they're certainly not asking like super invasive questions, but they're not asking pleasant questions, which is a is a change. And, you know, credit where credit's due, they're they're at least still doing that. But they're also burying, slowly burying the story. I watched today just to see what what the topics were. And of course, Fox is running with this almost exclusively. Uh, the other stations are, you know, they're starting to get back on their COVID vaccine mandate shit, you know, as the predominant conversation. If you notice, the Cuomo story is completely left the airwaves. You don't hear about that anymore. Imagine if, imagine if Trump or Bush or Reagan found themselves in the position that Cuomo found himself. How do you think that would have gone in the media? How do you think that storyline, we'd still be hearing about it I mean, we're st- Trump hasn't been in office in what uh, seven months, and we're still you still hear Russian collusion, or it, it doesn't matter what you say about the Biden administration. The first retort is Trump, 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 Trump. The only people that are thinking about Trump are you liberals who can't get Trump out of your head. Nobody else is thinking about him until you bring him up. And I get it. I get that that that's an easy an easy thing for you to spout out. But what you don't get is that you you show your ignorance and your inability to have self thought, and you're doing what your masters tell you, or saying what your masters tell you to say. When you do that, because how can you argue? How can you argue? about the southern border and what a catastrophe that I heard a great I heard a great thing about the southern border this week. There was a guy on a show being interviewed. Of course he was a uh, I think he was an attorney for uh illegal immigrants that that make it into the country. And they asked him, "What do you think about the about the Biden administration's policy that the northern border is closed?" And he said, well, you know, if the CDC, this all has to do with COVID. He said, well, if the CDC, you know, recommends that, you know, that the border is closed, then, you know, I'm going to go with what the CDC says. The follow-up question, of course, was, well, then why don't you, 
well, do you think the southern border should be closed? Wouldn't answer it. Wouldn't answer the question. If the CDC says the border should be closed to stop the spread of the COVID virus, and you're perfectly okay saying that the northern border should be closed, why can't you say that the southern border? Because, again, they don't care. It's not about your health. It's not about the spread of COVID. It's not about any of these things. It's about their narrative and what they're trying to do. They're trying to overwhelm this country. And they're going to say, oh, there's plenty, you know, the, the liberal argument is, oh, there's plenty of space in this country. We have tons of room. We can bring in tons of people. It's not about space. It's about systems. We've talked about this before. They're trying to overwhelm every single system that we have that's already a taxed system. Most of them, our judicial, our ju- judicial system is already way behind. Our school systems suck. Our medical system is overwhelmed. But you want to keep bringing people in through the southern border. Why? It has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with any of that shit. It has everything to do with fulfilling the narrative that they've put forth out there. And because it equates to votes, quite frankly. Although there's a strong argument that uh, that the Hispanic community, at least the legal Hispanic community, uh, didn't really go so favorably for Biden in the last election. And I don't see that changing in this next election. I, listen, Biden's fucking approval ratings went from 51% approval rating to a 40, 41%, depending on which poll you look at. Uh, in a week, seven months, six months into your first term, and you, you've you already dropped below. I don't think that there's been any other president within the first six months of their presidency that has had below a 50% approval rating. Independents are absolutely thrashing Biden. Of course, Republicans are thrashing Biden. That's what they do. The surprising thing is even Democrats are thrashing Biden. The poll that I read yesterday said that only 40, no, I'm sorry, 36% of Democrats approve of how Biden has handled Afghanistan. 36%, 36%, that's horrible. Like, I don't I don't think I've ever seen an, a poll on a Republican or a Democrat president from their own party that was below, like, 56%. And we're talking about, you know, that poll was specific to Democrats. They asked, you know, Democrats, how do you view... Biden's handling of it, 36%. So what does that tell you? What The downside is, is we have two, three and a half years more to deal with this shit. And, you know, listen, I hear, you know, why haven't they impeached him and why? It's not going to happen. Even if the Republicans take the House or the Senate, if they take the House next year, 
they're still not going to impeach him. It's not going to happen. Even if they take the House and the Senate, they're not going to impeach him and convict him unless something more catastrophic happens where they can. They don't have Republicans don't have the appetite for that shit. They never have. So don't don't hang your hat that that that's going to happen either. And by the way, the alternative, if he is if he was to be impeached and convicted and removed. Your alternative is. The magician Kamala Harris, because nobody knows where the hell she is anyway. I heard somebody talking earlier this week also about her. Um, apparently, apparently her work schedule, her workday schedule is is very, very small. Apparently, she doesn't leave her house until nine nine thirty. Rolls up to the White House ten. Uh, nobody knows what the hell she does all day, and then she bounces out of there for whatever event or you know whatever she she does outside of the White House not extremely long after that. So she's an absent-minded vice president. She's an absent vice president. But again, these this is the other infuriating part about this. Everything that we know today or everything that we see today that they're doing was already public knowledge. Now, I know the argument is, is, you know, really 81 million people voted for them. Uh, You know what? When they come out with that shit, they come out with that shit. And if it's true, it's true. I'm not saying whether it is or whether it's not. When they come out with it and they, they, you know, whatever audits they're supposedly doing and all that stuff. When they come out with the, with the, the information from that, then we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole. But what I'm saying is neither one of them were popular prior to. They basically cleared the field for Joe to get the nomination. That was obvious. And his foreign policy wasn't a mystery. His failures at foreign policy over the years, we talked about it a little bit last week, were not a mystery. He was a known commodity, and Kamala Harris is a known commodity. She's a race baiter. That's what she does, even though she convicted more African-American people in California as the AG than any other one and made it easier to convict them. But that's what she does. That's what she's known for. She has no policy experience. She has no foreign affairs experience. Anybody heard anything about her trip to Singapore and Vietnam last week where she was when all this stuff hit the hit the fan? Haven't seen any coverage of any result or anything that she did while she was there. And you're not going to. Keep your eye on the ball, folks. That's what I'll tell you. Keep your eye on the ball. The eye on the ball is the southern border, inflation, this shit going on in Afghanistan, 
and everything else is a diversion. Keep your eyes on the ball. That's all I got for you, folks. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll hit you back next week.